0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter.
1: Hey everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It's Friday. It's October 23rd. It's 2020. We're here to talk Game 3 of the World Series. I'm also going to break down the five-game Counter-Strike Go slate. That slate starts at uh, 7 a.m., so this podcast is going to be out a little earlier um, than usual here. So going to get through all that and um, have some fun here. I, I think the CSGO Slate is a lot of fun. I think it's one of the easier esports to kind of pick up and start playing um, as well. So they got some single-entry stuff, some three-entry max stuff, uh, some bigger tournaments as well. So if you want to dabble into that. But we're going to start here with game three. We got a tied series. The Rays came out and got some hits and, you know, kind of punished the Dodgers for, you know, kind of doing like a bullpen game. Brandon Lau finally woke up um, had a monster game you know like talked about him on the podcast on Wednesday and you know just kind of talked about him being what I felt was kind of like lost at the plate a little bit and it was good to see him do well you know if you're rooting for the Rays obviously it was really good to see him do well so you know I still ended up having a little bit of a profit day with no Brandon Lau um, played Corey Seager in the MVP spot, kind of like what I talked about to be different Uh, and that, you know, that worked out obviously at a home run. Um, So, you know, had Margot, I had a couple other guys that did well. So uh, this one is uh, interesting. We have Walker Bueller against Charlie Morton, Walker Bueller, 3.44 x flip on the season. Obviously, this series flip-flops now. The Rays are the home team uh, still in Arlington. And um, Bueller, 30% K-rate on the season. Strikeout rates to both sides. Gives up a lot of fly balls and hard contact to both sides of the plate, though. Which actually might not be too bad in this ballpark. Um, You know, this ballpark all season kind of played neutral, if anything. Um, So... I think Bueller is a fine option here. Can't wait to see like what the ownership on the pitchers look like on this slate, because I actually, I kind of like playing both the pitchers on this slate. And like, I've talked about many times here recently playing hitters. I think this is a double pitcher showdown slate for me. Um, You know, we have some cheaper bats and whether you go Bueller or Morton at your captain MVP spots, um, there's plenty of ways to kind of make it work here. So I really like the idea of going double pitcher on this slate, fitting a couple chip cheap bats and getting that one stud in your lineup. Um, so I like Bueller. I think he pitches well here. You know, the strikeout rate for the Rays against right-handed pitching this season, obviously for the regular season is something that you could definitely take advantage of here for Bueller, who has a big K rate. And, you know, they've given him a leash in the playoffs. You know, he went six innings and five innings against Atlanta. He only went four innings against San Diego, um, but it was 95 pitches. He walked a lot of people. Um, you know, th- that's the only concern anytime you're playing Bueller, It's kind of like with glass now, you worry about the walks. Uh, the other side of this game, Charlie Morton, you know, he pitched very, very, very well in game seven. Um, you know, they pulled him early. He only went five and two thirds in that game. 66 pitches. Um he was pitching really, really well. He was dominant. Um, You know, there was two outs on the six and a guy got on second base um, and they ended up going to the bullpen, but we kind of figured that was going to happen if it got to that point, like they got exactly what they wanted out of Morton five innings. Um, So Morton's another guy that I think can put up over 20 fantasy points here. You know, typically I don't play a lot of um, right-handed pitching against the Dodgers, but Morton is a guy that has a higher strikeout rate against lefties. Um, he throws a lot of curveballs against left handed um, hitters. And outside of like Seeger, maybe even Bellinger, like Muncie struggles against curveballs um, massively. So, like, this is, a, this is kind of a downgrade spot for Max Muncie, in my opinion. Um, but like Bellinger. He's decent, but he hits the ball on the ground a ton um, against curveballs. So Seeger's like the one guy that I'm like super worried about, but he'd be the guy that I'd be super worried about against any right-handed pitcher, not even looking at like batted ball profile stuff. So the righties, you know, sinker, he's going to throw a lot of sinkers against the right-handed hitters like Betts and these guys. And going to generate a lot of ground balls that way like you know turner and bets they don't strike out against sinkers but they don't necessarily crush them either the guy that i'm worried about the most with like the sinkers is like will smith he he profiles really well against sinkers so but it's a small sample it's only like 20 at bats or batted ball events so uh looking at the hitters here you know like i said kind of want to play Morton and Bueller on this slate. So I'm obviously I'm kind of not going to be able to get bets or Seeger or a Rose arena in this one, unless I just absolutely punt every other position um, and probably play like a relief pitcher. And I don't think that's something that I necessarily have to do on this slate because, you know, I do think Will Smith has some upside in this spot. Like I was talking about like Austin Meadows, He's only 6,000. I think he's going to be pretty popular here, but I like him as well. Um, Yandy Diaz is cheap. Jock Peterson's cheap. So there's plenty of cheap bats that have a ton of pop um, here. So like looking at the Dodgers hitters, we always look, kind of look at the visiting side first. Um, I already kind of talked about Will Smith and how well he hits um, sinkers. So I really think he is in play in this one. Um, hopefully... It's something that people kind of overlook here. Um, outside of him, like always, like Bets and Seeger, if you want to pay up. I don't hate those guys. I don't really love Josh Turner here. Justin Turner. Um, Josh Turner's a singer. <laughs> um, so I don't love Justin Turner here. Like I said, I feel like Turner's not going to beat me. You know, he might get a couple points but I don't think he's going to beat me. He's not going to steal bases. He's, he's like not likely going to hit a home run or anything like that. So probably going to be off of him. You know, like when I'm looking at the Dodgers, I'm looking at Betts, Seeger, Smith, Bellinger, and any of the cheap guys that you want to play um, towards the bottom of the order, depending on what the lineup looks like. You know, if, if Rios is in there, Taylor, those guys, Jock Peterson, Kiki Hernandez, any of those guys that are in there, uh, I think they're very much in play. On the Tampa side of things here, with a righty on the hill, we're likely going to see a, a, a typical Tampa lineup um, with a lot of lefties kind of featured in it, with Troy, Lau, um, Wendell, Kiermeyer, these two Meadows. Um, you know, you worry about the pinch hit risk a little bit for these guys, but overall, Walker Buehler gives up a lot of hard contact and fly balls. Like I said, so when I'm looking at this spot, like I like Meadows price. Um, Brandon Lau, obviously coming off of a monster game like him. Um, a Rose arena has been crushing the ball throughout the playoffs. I know he hasn't like really showed up for this series yet, but I think this is the spot that we can see a big game out of him. Choi is cheap. Margot is cheap. Kiermeier is cheap. Um, they kind of let Wendell stay in there, so I don't mind, you know, taking a shot on him either. You know, with with him being expensive, I don't think a lot of people will play Joey Wendell here. Um, I don't think a lot of people will have Mike Zanino either. So I like that, and then like Adamus and these guys um, towards the bottom of the lineup. Like it is a showdown slate, so anything is really in play for this one um, when you're looking at this game to be. To be honest, the the contrarian move on this slate is going to be paying up for the big bats. Because if you look at this slate, I think a lot of people are going to play one or two pitchers, so you're not going to see a lot of teams have multiple expensive bats. You know, if Mookie or Seager or Rosarina, like if these guys go off, like that and they outscore these pitchers you're probably going to get them at two to one of the ownership of like a pitcher so uh, i do think like the contrarian road is to maybe take one of the pitchers pair it with like two of these big bats um and just try to get as many of these other guys as possible here so I do think that's something that, you know, we could do here. Um, There's some, there's like, there's cheap guys to make it happen. You're just gonna, we're going to have to see what the lineups look like, but I think getting three expensive bats is a contrarian move for this one. And it's going to give you leverage against one of the pitchers. So like if you don't go Morton and you go bet Seager, like there's your, there's your massive leverage. Or if you go, Seeger bellinger bets bellinger you know something like that or if you don't go morton and you don't go bueller and you go bet Seeger bellinger like get some leverage on the field in this one so um that's kind of it for the baseball let's get into talking about uh the cs go slate five game slate we're getting towards the end of DreamHack Open Fall 2020 for the European side of things. So, um, this would be a really interesting slate. You know, like the first match that we have is big and heroic. Um, heroic, heroic, heroic. Um, like, looking at this match, the winner is still alive for the entire tournament. The loser is out. Um, so, like, obviously, this is a huge game for these two teams. Um, so, kind of looking at this one, overall, we have kind of a pick em game. Heroic is the number two team in the world. They're a 140 favorite here. Um, Big is a very slight dog at 115 in this one. Um, so, overall... You know, looking at this match, I think it could go either way. You know, the last couple of times these two teams have played, heroic is I think won two out of the last three, but they've all been really, really close. And anytime you have a close map or match, um, usually like one or two little small things um, can change just how like the outcome of a match can be. So, um, so looking at this one. We're gonna have we're gonna have like two or three on this slate that are like really close um, totals and just close like projected to be like super close. I don't think we have like any like all out two o sweep like projection type of games here. Um, just even looking at like the. Even looking at like the Vegas odds, Vegas is like agreeing with me. We don't have like a full on huge, massive um, favorite in this one. So definitely something to look at. So let's look at this big heroic match first. Um, you know, big typically bans train about 89% of the time. So they're likely going to take out train here. Um, heroic. They're one of the hardest teams to project what map they're going to ban and not play because they're such a well-coached team um, and and like they do a lot of things the right way. So they will try to punish teams. So their highest ban rate is overpass. I don't think – because I think Heroic picks Nuke and I think they beat Big on nuke, um, or they beat or they pick vertigo, and I think they beat them on vertigo too. So, like, whatever the first map is, whether it's nuke or vertigo, I think heroic's first map they beat big. Big is really good at dust, too. So, I could see heroic banning dust, too, in this one. It's not a map that they typically play a lot. So, if that happens, um, it obviously opens up a few things for big in this match. I I think like we could potentially see big play overpass um, to kind of punish heroic for not banning it. But the last time these two teams played big pick mirage vertigo was picked by heroic and the last map was nuke um, or the other way around. So um, yeah, they went mirage vertigo and nuke the last time these two teams played and that was about two weeks ago um, for IEM New York Europe. And the time before that, Heroic swept um, big on Vertigo and Inferno. So it would be interesting to see what the maps look like. I really think Heroic wins this match. I do think it's going to be super close. Um, So looking at this map, and depending on which team you're looking at, there's a couple easy write-offs here for me. On the big side of things, if they win... Um, Zantaris and Sirison are going to have to go big for the, for the big team to win. (laughs) No pun intended. Um, so like Zantaris is a guy that has a high KPR. Sirison is the opera. So he has a really good kill to death ratio. These two guys are going to need big maps to kind of go off. So like, if I'm playing the big side of this game, those are the only two guys that I'll play. Pricing is really soft on the slate. So I don't need Keto or um, Tizian or Tabson in this one. Um, They've all kind of been struggling recently, and that's why Big has been struggling as a team recently. Tabson is like averaging under .6 kills per round. And on a five-game slate, if you don't have a positive um, kill-to-death ratio here or put up over a kill per round or at – not even – you know a kill per round. If if you don't go positive with your KD in this one kill to death ratio, you're not going to be relevant on a 5 game CS:GO slate. So heroic here, Tesis is way underpriced. Way underpriced. Um he's been playing fantastic here recently. He's in re- in really good recent form. Kadian has been playing great as well. Um you know, Nico and Stavin, they're both really good as well. So, like, looking at big, you'd never play Borup ever unless you expect Heroic to win a match two to zero. I don't ever hate taking cheaper players um, from two zero matches. But, like, this one, this slate, I, I don't think they win this one two zero. I think this one goes three maps. I think it's close. Um, Kadian and Tessus, my two guys here for heroic if you want to make it a three-man stack which i think is very viable on a five-game slate um, especially if you're playing like single entry or three entry max stuff i think you can add either stavin or Nico in there but Nico's kill to death ratio and his kills per round have kind of been down a little bit recently so i I would much rather play tesis at 7200 here going to the next game we have Fnatic versus Ninjas in Pajamas. Nip, um, this game is going to be awesome. Like this is another game. Twelfth team in the world, fifteenth team in the world. Um, awesome matchup here. This is like the other lower lower semifinals. So the winner of this match stays alive. The loser of this match is out. Um, you know they can play, and I think I think they play in the fifth place decider match. I think the two losers between Big and Heroic play in the fifth place decider match. Um, and why this is important. So, like, this is a RMR event. So you want RMR points um, to be invited to big tournaments. Like, the winner of this tournament only gets $33,000 only. <laughs> um but they get the they get the invite to the IA, IEM Extreme Masters Global Challenge 2020 which is a huge tournament with a huge prize pool and they get 25 um 100 RMR where like we saw Ensk get knocked out early in this tournament Mouse Sports get knocked out early they only got 390 RMR points so all these teams it's not really the money that they're playing for right now. They're playing for those RMR points, especially these lower bracket teams right now. So they are still going to take these matches very seriously. Um, you know, so I, I think like this one for me could go either way. Ninjas and pajamas have been playing really good over the last couple of days. Um, I do think they have the upside to win this with knockback. Um, I think it's going to be a really close match. Uh, when we're looking at like the maps here, Fnatic bans Vertigo the most at about a 62 percent clip, um, which is definitely kind of important. But the only thing here is like Nip really never picks Vertigo, so we might see Fnatic um, you know kind of potentially take like maybe Overpass off the board for Nip because Nip is very good at Overpass. So I think. We could potentially see that here, and like ninjas in pajamas, they're gonna ban Dust Two. They don't want to play Dust Two, um, so I, you know, I I do think they stick to their seventy-seven percent first ban Dust Two. Neither one of these teams like playing Dust Two, so we could potentially see Ninja in Pajamas take away like Inferno or something, uh, because Fnatic is really good on Inferno. Uh, so looking at this overall like match breakdown here we have a lot of guys from this match, even in wins that are likely not going to do well. They don't have really high market share of kills. Um, they don't have high kills per round. So on the fanatic side, like realistically, even if fanatic wins crimson, Brolin, because this is likely going three maps. These other three guys are likely not going to be optimal here. I'd say like, if you were worried, about another guy being there, it'd probably be like Flusha. But overall, I think that if you're playing anybody from Fnatic, if you're playing them to win this one, it's Crimson Brolin. Those are the two guys you want. Um, with Brolin being my favorite of the two. On the ninja and pajama side of things, knock. Like, he is the guy to play here. Like, if you if you expect him to win, he's sixty four hundred. He's way too cheap. Over the last month, he has a 0.8 kills per round, which is one of the best on the entire slate. Uh, His kill-to-death ratio is 1.36, which is also top three on the slate. Um, He is is a phenomenal play. He's a great play in a win or a loss. So, like, if you don't know which side of this match you want to play, you could just play knock. And even in a loss, he could be really, really strong. So... Really like him. Rez has been playing really good as well. So if Nip is going to win this one, it's Rez and Nuck. Um, plotsky has been playing terrible recently. He is not in great form right now. He is really struggling. Um, he is like a straight up stay away from me. Um, I don't like him at all here. He looked okay against OG, but like even in even in in that OG match, like he's not going to crush you. Um, with 60 fantasy points on a five-game slate, he is cheap, but Nock is probably the most underpriced person on this entire slate. I love him here. Um, I could definitely see playing him as a captain if you're not going to go like Nico or Zaiwu as your captains. Uh, that's kind of it from this one. Let's move on. We have North versus Phase. Um, this is the who is going to finish ninth match. In um, DreamHack, so again, like RMR points, this is nothing about money. It's a seven hundred and fifty dollar difference between ninth and tenth, but it's a hundred and fifty six RMR points difference, and like that means a lot to these teams, especially in Phase, because they lost some RMR points because of a, a couple subs. Um, like when you sub out players, you lose RMR points. I think it's like four hundred. So, like, the fact that they, like, had Bemis and now they have K- K- Druby, Um you know, it's obviously a huge difference for them. Um, so, I guess I should start by saying FaZe is my favorite, like, team. Not on the slate, but just, like, overall, they're my favorite team. I, I like CSGO. I watch a lot of CSGO. I've been watching it for years. And, like, FaZe has always been my favorite team. Nico is my favorite player uh, to watch. So let me like, get the bias out of the way here. Um, you know, looking at this match overall, this one is like North does not play Mirage. Very, very rare does North play not play Mirage. Um, unless they're playing a team that like, likes to play train, they'll ban trains sometimes, but they do not like to play Mirage. They've played it zero times over the last three months. FaZe does not play Vertigo. And Vertigo is North's best map, so I can tell you hundred percent with hundred percent certainty. There's no way FaZe is going to play North on North's best map on a map that they have never played. Um, and I watch, I watch like Phase streams, Nico streams all the time while I'm kind of working and stuff. Just you know, to you know, do something while listen to something. And they don't ever practice Vertigo either, so they practice. Mirage—they've been practicing um, nuke a lot lately, um, and they've definitely been practicing more, more um, overpass. But I think like I think Phase picks us too. I think we see North pick like overpass here. If that happens, we've seen some really good performances from Phase recently um, on overpass. Like Ninja in Pajamas is really good on overpass, and like Phase took them the double overtime. So. I could see FaZe winning this 2-0. I really could. I think FaZe wins the match. Um, they're the better team. They're the biggest favorite on the slate. Um, so, with that being said, here's my problem with North, right? They really don't have, like, a stud, standout, high market share player. They have guys that are fine that can do well, Um but they don't really have, like, they have zero people over the last month that have a kills per round over 0.7. They have a couple guys with positive kill-death ratios. They're just an all-around solid team. They don't have, like, that, like, standout player. Um, if you do think North is going to win, I think you take shots on Leekroy or Gade. I don't think I'd play MSL or AZ here. Um, Lucroy Luke Luke Roy or, or Gade would be the guys that I'd take shots on here. If FaZe wins, if FaZe wins 2-0, like FaZe is way underpriced in general. They're probably going to be the highest owned team on this slate. Um, KJB at 5,200 is way too cheap. Um, Cold Zero at 6K is way too cheap. Brokey at 6,600. Nico under 8K. Like if you're playing cash games, like Nico is your obvious um, play on this slate. He's way too cheap, um, way too cheap in this one. So looking at this overall, I think you're going to see a lot of phase three-man stacks on this slate um, because they are just ridiculously underpriced. Nico is a beast. He has a 0.81 KPR, um, over the last month with a 1.24 kill to death ratio. One of the best on the slate for both of those numbers. So obviously I really like him in this spot. Um, you know, like I said, he, if I'm not playing Nico, I'm probably playing Zaiwu in my captain spot. I think those are the two best, um, captain spot plays on the slate. I think you're crazy if you don't play those two guys in captain. Um, unless you're going to, like, play, like, knock. Um, Astralis versus Vitality. This is the best match on the entire slate, but it's also the hardest match to project on this slate. This is the upper final. The winner of this goes to the grand final. Straight to go. Um, you know, collect all your money on the process. This is huge. Like, this goes from... You know, potentially two thousand RMR to twenty five hundred RMR. Fourth and first place is five hundred for five hundred RMR difference, and that's a player change, which is huge for Astralis because we already know that they're making a move and they're going to lose four hundred um, RMR. You know, after this tournament's over, like this is the last tournament this roster is going to play together. Astralis is the number one team in the world. Vitality is the number four team in the world. Um Astralis is the favorite in this one. Astralis bans Mirage 100% of the time. Vitality bans Train 100% of the time. So we know exactly what two maps to take out of our pl- map pool when we're researching this one. Um it's it's as simple as that. Um these two teams are awesome. Like the best thing about these two teams and like they played last month in Pro League and Astralis won 2 to 1. Um they played last month and Astralis won 2-0. You know, this we're, we know what maps. It's going to be likely Dust 2 and Nuke, um maybe Vertigo if we get you know maybe like if we get Vitality maybe trying to punish Astralis a little bit, Vertigo um would be where I would think they'd do it. So here's the thing, when we're looking at the Astralis side device dupree s tag like these are the guys you play from astralis um you can play magics as well but like device is your opera he's your high k um k to death ratio guy dupree is laughable price wise um like some of these other people on this slate so You have to kind of target the guys that could do well in a loss because really Astralis should win this match, but this match is going to be so close that you have to kind of target guys that could do well in a win or a loss um, because there are so many great plays from this one. Um, So like looking at Vitality, Zaiwoo is the best player on the slate. He's a top three player in the entire world. He has a .87 kill per round over the last month, 1.44 kill to death ratio over the last month. Like, he's a beast, and with the pricing the way that it is, um, you you probably are going to play him in the captain spot a lot. Um, a lot of people are going to play him in the captain spot a lot. It's kind of crazy that the pricing is the way that it is, um, because like it, it's just it's ridiculously easy to fit. ZaiWu in the captain spot. Um so outside of ZaiWu, shocks he has he, like RPK is decent on certain maps but he dies a lot. Um so like he doesn't typically like crush fantasy. Apex is a guy that has been playing really good recently. Um he's definitely hit form after the player's break and you know he's definitely had some big maps here recently. So I can see Apex doing really well here. Um, and like, like I said, Shox would be the other guy that I'd take some shots on. I wouldn't play Shox and Apex together because like is going to get his kills. So it really just comes down to like who's the secondary piece that does well um, in this one if they win. So uh, the last one that we have here is Godsent against G2. If there was a match that doesn't mean much, it's probably this one. It's the lower round, you know. Who's finishing eleventh? Who's finishing twelfth? Um, there is a big gap in RMR points from eleventh to twelfth. So, like, it's still for these teams, the low, like, godsend, especially. And G 2s had a lot of um, moves and stuff that, or that, not G two, but like G two, you know, they've struggled recently. So, like, they want the RMR points as well godsend is a slight favor here they're the number 19th team in the world g2 is number 11th in the world godsend bans mirage g2 bans overpass um g2 did not ban overpass against FaZe, um which i thought was kind of interesting because they do typically ban that map a lot um so i was a little shocked to see and you know we saw FaZe beat them pretty heavily on that map um so and like it was crazy. I guess like G2 did not want to play phase on Mirage that's probably why. Um, so anyway um looking at this match it, it, this is a, this is a tough one. I could see it going either way but like the guy that I have to have here is hunter he's expensive but it's the the slate the way the slate sets up and the pricing the way that it is it's not hard to make him fit um he has a really high kill per round he gets a lot of like entry kills and stuff so like you'll see a lot of first kills and stuff like that from him um he is like one of the better rifle fraggers in europe so i think g2 wins this match and i think hunter has a good match kenny s has been really hit or miss recently if they play well, Kenny S should do well. Uh, Nexa can do well. But, like, you're not playing Jax. You're not playing Omnic here. Like, these guys are low kill per rounds guys. It's just like Crystal on the godsend side. Crystal's terrible. Um, from a DFS perspective, he's terrible. He's not a terrible CSGO player. Um, Like, on the godsend side, Zen and Farlig would be the two guys that I'd look at. Maybe Madden, Um those are like, if you think Godsend's going to up, upset in this matchup, it would be those three guys. So, overall, here, you know, I, I think a non stat could win um, this slate, which I think is always fun. Um, so, like, my predictions here is hero beats big. I'm going to take the nip side of this match. I think nip beats um, Fnatic, phase crushes north. Astralis beats Vitality, and um, G2 beats Godsend. So hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back next week. We'll have the review podcast on Monday. Um, Friday's always fun. If you guys missed the football podcast on Thursday, we break down all the games. Um, Make sure you're checking that out. Always subscribe over there on iTunes. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll see you guys again on Monday. Have a great weekend.